Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Morning! Six o'clock, it is Morning Jocks. Jocks 94.5, Landrum Roberts, and one Conrad Van Order hanging out. It's Damian Mitchell taking a Monday off. He's probably recouping from what was a very spirited, we'll just say spirited weekend in the Big Easy. He's probably in rough shape right now. Yeah, let's just be honest. Why don't you just call it what it is? He went to the Saints and the Panthers game yesterday. He enjoyed all of that. It's always fun to be around a bunch of Saints fans when I'm sure that was great. You don't you don't play very well. (laughs) Then you make the ride back and the track back. Uh, But Conrad, I hope you're doing well. How was your weekend? Oh, it was good. It was good. I uh, it was nice and laid back. Got to relax and get ready for today. We got lots to talk about. We got the college football playoff national championship coming up, but we also have some big basketball games that happened over the weekend, the NFL, as well as the transfer portal recruiting. It never ends. Let's get right to it. This is what we call the rip and read. Morning jocks presents rip and read. All right. So as I mentioned, college basketball, you had Alabama hosting Kentucky. This is not your, your grandfather's Kentucky team, not your older brother's Kentucky team. This is just kind of what this Kentucky is not has your become. 2010's Kentucky team. Yeah, it's what what is what is going on with Kentucky and John Calipari? I has, mean, you has would, NIL changed the way he recruits? I mean, I feel like it's all the same. It's just maybe it's uh, it's impacted a guy like him a little more because his whole thing was recruiting, and then we'll figure out chemistry and things like that later and I guess we're figuring out maybe that doesn't work as well as it used to. You need some chemistry. You need some you need guys that are going to stay and be a veteran presence. You can't just have you know five-star freshmen every year. Well, you did have a guy that stayed and he's a veteran presence and he's a very good one. He's getting paid. I don't even know what is an IL deal. It's like 2, 3 million dollars like in Schwebay, Schwebway, but he had uh, a big game, right? Yeah, he did not. At all. Uh, Betty Aco, just just call him daddy. That's what he yeah. should call him. Yeah. He basically shut him down. Ashibwe goes for four points for Kentucky. Alabama never trailed. They led start to finish. Led by as many as 31. 11 at the half and just poured it on. Alabama, once again, limiting the amount of turnovers that they have. They get pretty even scoring from all of their starters. Once again, you get Quinterly coming off the bench getting double digits. He had 12. Same old story. Brandon Miller, 19. Mark Sears had 16 points. And then you had the others that were able to contribute. Alabama just looks solid. That tough, tenacious D. And just when you thought Kentucky, who we were reminded, and he was right, Jimmy Dykes, that scoring had not been the problem for Kentucky this year. It had been defense. Well, they had problems with both on Saturday. 
They couldn't throw it in the ocean. Alabama, big reason for that. Only 52 points put up, but they couldn't stop Alabama. No, I mean, this is super... Uh, it, it was super impressive if you're an Alabama fan just because these are the kinds of games that... It's almost how Alabama is in football. You know, even if Alabama were down in football, you still have that crest A on the uniform, and it's going to put some fear in people's eyes. It's the same thing with Kentucky. You know, they've been at the top of the SEC for a long time, and so even when you should beat them, Alabama's obviously better than Kentucky, and we saw that on Saturday, but it can still be a tough competition. I mean, they even somebody even asked Nate Oates before the game, you know, is Alabama the team to beat in the SEC? And he said, no, it's still Kentucky. Right. And it's just because of that brand and the legacy of everything that's going on there. But, I mean, this is what you got to do if you're Alabama. You want to change the guard and you're going into, I know we're going to get into Auburn and Arkansas, but you're going into Arkansas on Wednesday, who before the Auburn game looked like maybe they were right up there with kind of Alabama and Tennessee at the top of the conference. So, it's, uh, you know, beating Mississippi State on the road and then beating Kentucky is a pretty nice way to start conference play. Well, I, I think that it's worth noting for Kentucky, and this is why. And look, I have all kinds of respect for Kentucky because I do remember the Kentucky national championship teams. Most of our listening audience, you remember at least one national championship team from Kentucky basketball. And even going back to you know the when I I remember the first as a kid, first time I really was ever exposed to Kentucky basketball, and it was Eddie Sutton and him taking over what was. You know, not a easy, but the Rex Chapman years and those kind of years, and then Rick Patino coming in and what he was able to do with the program, and then Tubby Smith even getting a national championship. Then, of course, you had the Billy Gillespie experiment, and that was a big fail. And then all we've known since then is John Calipari. And John Calipari's done a good job, but you look over the last four years, either no NCAA tournament, of course, we didn't have one in 2020, but last year, the first round loss to St. Peter's. Yep. Not a whole lot to write home about with those Kentucky teams. Not taking anything away from Alabama, but yeah, you still see Kentucky on the jersey. Is Kentucky now when you've gone four straight years and it doesn't seem like you've been extremely relevant? By the way, in the in the 2020 season, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, I, I don't think Kentucky... They were like under 500 they were, that year. They were 9-16. and 16. Yeah, they were terrible. That was that not year. a tournament team, so... Can't say, ah, well, that was a team. You don't know what they would have done. No, I got a pretty good idea of what they would have done. Yeah, nothing. And now, if you're Kentucky, you look at where they sit. They're ten and five overall. And when it comes to net rankings, all of that. Not saying they're going to miss the tournament. It is still Kentucky, but ooh, I mean, you're you're down by thirty-one at one point on Saturday. Well, I mean, you got to think right now. You're looking up at Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, Tennessee. Goodness gracious! I mean, these are all teams that. I mean, these are all programs that are better than Kentucky. It's not just a, oh, I think they'd beat them today. It's a, uh, they have a better program over the last handful of years than Kentucky does. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, uh, we can sit here and talk about, oh, maybe Georgia's the top college football program over Alabama now. It's like, okay, so Georgia's one and Alabama's two. It's not like, oh, Georgia's one and Alabama's falling down to, you know, sixth or seventh best in the conference. It's... I don't know, man. I know they're, they owe him a lot of money, but you have to wonder how long are they secretly hoping, hey, man, maybe maybe go to Texas. If Texas comes and makes you a big offer, maybe, maybe you should take it. So Alabama wins. Alabama number six in the NCAA net. As Conrad mentioned, they're going to travel to Fayetteville and take on, I'm sure, a very hacked-off 
Arkansas Razorback team. We'll talk about Auburn and Arkansas, what happened at Neville Arena on Saturday in a moment. But Alabama improving to 13-2 and overall, 3-0 and in the SEC. That game coming up Wednesday from Fayetteville, 6 o'clock ESPN 2 is where you can find it. I, I mentioned Tennessee because you brought up Tennessee. No, I'm going to go ahead and squarely put Tennessee and Alabama at the top. The second game in a row, Tennessee basketball. If you don't remember last week, what they were able to do versus Mississippi State, and that was in Knoxville. They beat Mississippi State by 34. They go on the road this weekend, albeit they're playing South Carolina and Columbia. They beat them by 33. Pretty good. They go from 87 to 53 in the win over State and then travel on the road and only give up 42, 85 to 42 over South Carolina. No payback for football season. Yeah. Just maybe? Just a little bit? (laughs) Sure. That's what they were thinking. Pretty incredible what Rick Barnes and that squad. But, again, pump the brakes on Tennessee because what have we gotten used to seeing with Tennessee basketball? It is, yeah, make that run, seem to be that team, and then all of a sudden. It just doesn't pan out when it matters most, yeah. Yeah, go and see Michigan from last season. What happened? Tennessee basically just not showing up. I think you could have a lot of, you know, when we're sitting here on Sweet 16 matchups and three months or two months from now, I think you could have a number of SEC teams still alive in there. It yeah. should be a good year. All right, so Auburn. As much as they had struggled, where are they going to get scoring? What has happened to this Auburn team? A lot of question marks. Maybe there still are some question marks, but they host number 13 Arkansas on Saturday. If you told you anything, Wendell Green Jr., first shot of the game from the top, Knocks it down for three. He's fouled in the process. He makes the free throw. Auburn would never trail in this game, led by as many as 15. But coast to coast, wire to wire, Auburn gets it done over the Hogs. Auburn only eight turnovers. Arkansas shoots only 33% from the field, only two of 16 from outside. Nick Scott, he was not available. But it it didn't matter. You had the Neville Arena crowd. Auburn feeding off of it. Wendell Green Jr., he goes for 19. Janai Broom goes for 10. Jalen Williams, after the one and one for nine performance, he goes for nine. Alan Flanagan off the bench. That's huge. They got to have this kind of production from him. 18 points, three of six from the outside. So Auburn improves to 12 and three overall, two and one in Southeastern Conference play. Now, can that translate to the road and you take on Ole Miss in Oxford tomorrow in the pavilion? Or do you get what you saw? and playing down to a Georgia team in Stegman last week. Yeah, I mean, that's the concern for Auburn because we all know, I mean, that home court advantage they have at Neville is, it's up there in the entire country in terms of just the, uh, the environment. Yeah, I mean, it's, they are going to win 95% of the games that they play in Neville, especially right now with just how rabid the fan base is. But yeah, I mean, based on what you saw against Georgia, who... You know, maybe Georgia's a little better than we thought, but still, I mean, they're like a fringe tournament team at best. And then uh, you beat Florida, but you only beat them by two. So, yeah, I mean, this is a big one for Auburn because, of course, Ole Miss is not great. You should easily be able to beat them. It's just, yeah, once you get on the road, how does that mentality change? Are you still able to go out there and assert your dominance even when you don't have the home court advantage by the way programming note if you're just tuning in and you're wondering why we're not talking about the college football playoff national championship game tonight we're going local first we're recapping what happened on the weekend 
And then we are going to preview in-depth and get all of your thoughts, your predictions. You can text them in as Mark has already done right now on the Jocks text line, 205-834-9450. And if I'm not mistaken, Conrad, that still qualifies you to win tickets to go and see Dave Chappelle. Yep. And also win Chris Rock at the Legacy Arena coming up later on this month. That's correct. Maybe oh, Will Smith will show up. You never know. Maybe Will Smith will show up. That would be great. Would be great. It's out of nowhere. Hey, we got Trisha showing up and singing with Garth. Yeah, you never know. It could happen. Maybe he's got an open date on his schedule. That's right. So we will talk plenty of college football playoff. Nobody had had complained, but if you're complaining amongst yourself, we're going to talk plenty about it. Let's continue with some of the headlines, though, from this past weekend. UAB, they fall. Ah, Tough one. And you've got a really hacked off Andy Kennedy now. They were leading by double digits on the road at FIU, a team they should have beaten. They end up losing in overtime. So UAB got to figure some things out. But if we thought this was going to be a two-bid league, it's it's not going to be. UAB, when they're playing their best basketball, still, I believe, the best team in Conference USA. Long season ahead. You still got the tournament. You just work for tournament seeding and how you you do the tournament there in, what is it, Frisco, Texas, at the Star, whatever. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, so, we, yeah. You know partitions and basketballs roll underneath American conference. It'll be a much different setup by the way. Yeah, no, I was up here actually working that game uh, over the weekend and listening to Andy Kennedy in the post game. I mean, you could tell there was a fire under that man. He knows that there's a problem. He's not. And I respect him too, for coming out and, you know, not trying to skirt around the obvious problem. And it's that your guards maybe don't play super great defense. And so coming out and, basically just straight up saying that and saying I know things need to change and I'm going to make a change I respect that but I mean listening to him and covering UAB for the past few years like I've never heard him talk the way he did post game on Saturday you could tell that things are going to change something's going to be different I don't know what it is but something's going to be different uh yeah I, I think he'll straighten them out what whatever it takes the Andy Kennedy knows what he needs to do and the good news is it's early in the conference season all right, so that's your basketball news and notes. Auburn football over the weekend, they add some dudes. They get four-star linebacker Demario Tolan from LSU. He played in 12 games this past season. Auburn recruited him out of high school, but Demario Tolan going to add depth, maybe quality depth, to that Auburn linebacker room. Yeah, it's a good get for them. Messiah Nasili Kite, Maryland defensive lineman. He commits to Auburn as a grad transfer. Purdue defensive tackle Lawrence Johnson. He commits to Auburn as a grad transfer. The eighth defensive line addition for this class, 6'4", 285 pounds, is Johnson. Auburn also lands cornerback Tyler Scott, a four-star according to rivals. Out of Mableton, Georgia, he announced Auburn during the NBC telecast of the All-American Bowl. And then they also pick up three-star safety C.J. Johnson. Auburn now number 16 according to rivals and several other broadcast or excuse me recruiting publications but you think about where the quarterback situation there was some buzz at Spencer Sanders he was going to be the guy then Spencer Sanders comes out he's a transfer quarterback from Oklahoma State in case you Mm -hmm. are trying to recall who Spencer Sanders is comes out and says whoa 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 not so fast Uh, according to folks with Auburn he had an offer but then I saw where apparently Hugh Freeze had passed on Spencer Sanders. So I, I don't know. Never been super high on Spencer Sanders as a quarterback. 
this past year no. for Oklahoma State, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, and that's not always indicative. Just take Bo Nix and what he was able to do. And I, I, I don't know, though. I, I think that with what schematically Hugh Freeze wants to do and also Philip Montgomery's new offensive coordinator, I think that right now Robbie Ashford, and then you wait for that next round of portal openings. I was about to say, spring. he's fine, but it would be kind of like, it's almost like you're settling for a quarterback. You're just like, all right, well, we didn't get Devin Leary or Grayson McCall, so we'll just take you know, the next guy down the pipeline. But yeah, I mean, he's never been super impressive to me at Oklahoma State. I understand, you know, if you want to bring somebody in for competition's sake, I think that's great, but he's going to go somewhere where they're going to be, hey, you're the guy, go out, do your thing, and hopefully you can, you know, rebuild some draft stock and potentially, you know, get a shot in the NFL next year. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Former Auburn defensive coordinator Jeff Schmetting, he is the new defensive coordinator at Washington State. So there you go. All right. Back out west, he's familiar with the state of Washington. He was there at Eastern Washington, not Eastern Washington, but what's the, uh, is it Eastern Washington? No. It's the one that's like the Eagles or whatever? Yeah, what's the one that has the red field? Yeah, that's Eastern Washington. Is that Eastern sure. Washington? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know why I'm thinking Eastern Michigan. I think they're the Eagles as well. Are they? Yeah, and they're green. And yeah, think, they are. And I think they have that off-color green field. Well, you got to stand out. Apparently, you stand out more because I couldn't decipher which one was which. Thank you very much. I just know Boise's the blue one. Everyone knows that. All right. Well, we did have NFL yesterday. Playoff implications, they were certainly on the line. And a game courtesy of our friends at CBS, Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, you know, he he actually tweets out before the game. We see the picture. He He is now talking, gives the message there on Instagram. So awesome to see. You knew they're in front of Highmark Stadium. I don't know. I still call it the old Rich Stadium, but Highmark there in Orchard Park, New York. It was going to be a lot of emotion. Couldn't have scripted it any better. Here is the first play since the game was postponed last Monday night. Wow. Just take a listen. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this incredible can't believe it. Scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati, and now... Uh, and here's Hines on the run. How about that? So, you get the opening kickoff at 7 nothing. Bills look like they're going to roll, but the Patriots, they hang around. Patriots, Mac Jones... They tried. Look, look pretty good at times. Patriots had the offense rolling. Then it was a matter of Josh Allen throwing flat-footed. They're about to score a touchdown. He throws an interception. Mac Jones drives the field. They throw an interception. Well, the Patriots end up getting a field goal, and it looks like the Patriots there in the third quarter, they're in command. So the Patriots get the field goal. They go up, and then another kickoff coming from New England to Buffalo. And once again, Jim Nance on the call. Baltimore shorthanded. Here comes Hines again. Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? Is this for real? Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. 101 yards. 
Do you believe in... No! It's pretty close, Jim. It's pretty close. What this is not on here? This is almost like a miracle. Like, to have two of these in the same game, I mean, this is just unheard of. I mean, I haven't experienced this, and you... I've never seen it. Wow. Bills win 35-23. to The Bills, the number two seed there in the AFC. They're going to take on... Oh, it happened. Can you believe it happened? And coupled with a New England loss, all they had to do was win a game, and it was not pretty. They won the game 11-6, to but the Dolphins are going to the playoffs. How about that, Conrad? Never thought I'd see it. Well, I thought uh, maybe I'd eventually see it. But. I mean, yeah, to go from 8-3 and three to stumbling to 9-8 and eight and getting into the playoffs, it's, uh, I don't know, it's tough because I don't know what the whole deal is with Tua because I know they – obviously weren't going to test him in the regular season after the concussions and so i mean if he's able to go and he looks like he did at the beginning of the season the dolphins are super dangerous i mean we've seen them beat the bills earlier in the year we've seen them i mean look like a top five team in the nfl at points so good for them i hope two is able to play but if not then they're, it's going to be an ugly first playoff game if, if skylar thompson's their quarterback again uh, no doubt it was the Bengals. They got it done. Both teams were going to go to the playoffs, but they took on the Ravens. We're going to actually see that matchup once again uh, coming up this next weekend. 27-16, the Bengals get it done. as the Super Bowl window, the championship window. Is it closing? Quarterback Joe Burrow of Cincinnati says, ah, not so fast. The window's my whole career, and, and everybody that, that we have in that locker room, all the coaches we have, you know, Things are going to change year to year, but uh, our window is always open. The window is always open. So we get that game coming up as well. Well, the Packers, they throw up all over themselves last night. The Lions just play spoiler, taking some chances in the fourth quarter. The Lions finish 9-8 and eight on the season. They win at Lambeau 20-16. to 16. Aaron Rodgers... He gets $58.5 million plus a million next year if he comes back and plays in 2023. He said he could walk away from the money. That just grosses me out anyways, just thinking about somebody who casually can just walk away from that much money. But Must he, be nice. Uh, he might go ahead and decide he's going to. I'm saying that this is just all a bunch of Aaron Rodgers speak and that he will be back for the Green Bay Packers in 2023. Also yesterday, some of the other games, the Texans, they won. They beat the Colts 32-31. to Lovey Smith, he gets fired. They won on a Hail Mary. Why are you trying to win the game on the last play when you know if you lose, you get the number one overall pick? It makes no sense. Like, I get you always want to win, but at this point, like, you don't want to win. It actually hurts you to win the game, and they did. It's... Is that why? Is that why you think they fired Lovey Smith? They'll never admit it. Uh, no, I think they were going to fire him anyways. But well, it's just maybe like, and maybe he knew that, and he's like, "Screw you guys! Enjoy not the number one pick." Yeah, maybe so, but that's just—I know you're not—you're never supposed to lose. You're never supposed to just give up. But like, come on, I mean, all right. This is how it sets up: AFC Chiefs get the bye, Bills versus Dolphins. You get Bengals versus Ravens. Jaguars, who beat the Titans. So long, Tennessee. They'll take on the Chargers. In the NFC, the Eagles. Hold and serve. Jalen Hurts got it done yesterday. Yep. 49ers are 
your second seed, taking on the Seahawks. The Vikings will take on the Giants, and the Bucks will take on the Cowboys. We're going to get that one on Monday Night Football, which will be a lot of fun. I know Matt's looking forward to that one because the Bucks totally haven't beaten the Cowboys like the last three times they played. Seems like forever. Get your predictions in. We're going to go full tilt college football playoff. Going to hear from both coaches what they had to say, but we want your predictions, your thoughts. And as an SEC fan, a non-Georgia fan, let's just put it that way, are you actually rooting for the dogs? You can call in anonymously or just flex your chest and say no. I'm pulling against them. I like TCU. Pull it for the story. 800-239-WJOX, 205-834-9450. You can text the show there. It's Morning Jocks, Landrum Roberts, Conrad Van Order here on Jocks 94.5. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Six twenty nine. It's Morning Jocks. You're home for the college football playoff national championship. Lance Roberts, Conrad Van Order. You can hear it right here. On Jocks 94.5, coming up tonight, we want to hear your predict- predictions, read your predictions. You can always text the show on the Jocks text line, 205-834-9450, or give us a call, 800-239-WJOX, as we head to the Jocks text line. Some of the texts coming in, Mark says dogs win 31-17. By the way, the updated line from betonline.ag, it is dogs minus 13, that Line has gone down to 12 at one point, back up to 12 and a half. Now it's back up 13. Our buddy Hollywood says, TCU and the points. Best bet all year. Okay? I think, uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's a tough one because you could really see it going either way. I feel like it's just, I I think TCU is going to have a little spice. They're going to have a little juice. They're going to be fired up. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at Georgia. And I I feel like they're going to be able to keep it within the points. It's just, you know, I don't know. After what we've seen from Georgia's defense the past two weeks, makes or the last two games, excuse me, not last two weeks, I just feel like TCU is going to be able to be able to get theirs a little bit. Uh, okay. Yeah, so Randall says, got to be a TCU upset. Go Horn Frogs. I don't know if they're going to win, but. Hmm. Bert asked the question, how much longer does Calipari have at Kentucky? Bert is texting from Jasper, Alabama. Thanks for listening, Bert. Uh, I think as long as he probably wants, but I don't think at this point there's some... I think there's probably some portion of the Kentucky fan base. Uh, this going back to, I think, just a lot of Cal. Cal's just a lot. Seems like he's a ton. Seems like he's uh, a little high-maintenance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know... I know his name has been mentioned with a Texas job and it being open after they fired Chris Beard for the domestic mm-hmm. violence charge uh, there in the state of Texas. But I mean, yeah, okay. He's let's basically say, got a lifetime contract there with Kentucky, but he doesn't get along with Mark Stoops. Seems no. like Mitch Barnhart, that would be a, a pain in the you know what to have to deal with somebody with the ego. And all coaches have egos, but I think Cows is probably enough for six coaches. What if, let's say this time next year, 
nothing's really changed. Like, let's, you know, we expect Kentucky to make the tournament this year, not make a crazy run, but they make the tournament, they get bounced after a round or two, and then we're sitting here next year and they're middle of the pack in the SEC. I feel like by then you have the, the seat has to be getting hot to finish next season with at least like a sweet 16 run or something like that to show uh, we can still compete. We can still play at a high level when it all works. It's just, you know, maybe we've had a, a couple guys that came in and we expected a lot from them and they didn't turn out to be, you know, a good locker room presence or whatever the excuse might be. Of course, Nate Oates, that's the hot name that, that you hear for all of these yeah. big time programs. I've heard Bruce Pearl for Texas too. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Pearl, just from knowing what I know, I think that he he does in this last contract. He has no intention of going anywhere else, and I don't think that we will see Bruce Pearl coaching past another, I would say, seven or eight years. He seems like he's kind of set in Auburn. Like he's built something that he really loves. He seems to really love the school and the program, and I would be surprised if he – if he left, because if you go, I mean, yeah, Texas is still really good. They're a top 10 team right now, but, you know, having to bring in your culture and your players and reinstall everything, probably pretty cozy where he is. Well, and I think that Bruce Pearl is, now he hasn't said this, but his son, Steven, I think he is being groomed to be the heir apparent to continue what you just said and what Bruce Pearl has built there at Auburn. That would make sense. Uh, I, I yeah. would not put Bruce Pearl. I've not seen Bruce Pearl's name on the list, but that would be a a a big time a big time name that a program like Texas would certainly think that they could they could go out there and they could buy or they could get uh, to take They've over that money. program. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, we've got Eric from Sneed says it's going to be an upset. TCU forty one, Georgia thirty eight. Wow. Okay. Love to see it. That would be very, very interesting. A lot of conversation here tomorrow for sure. Uh, we got Josh that says, I think some uh, the NFL has scripted stories in there. That's why it's so hard for me to watch it versus college football. Uh, as You're far talking as the, about the Bills thing yesterday. I mean, that's that's just one of those. That's a God thing, straight up. I, I really don't know how else to put it. Sometimes no, things just happen you. that you really can't explain. You just yeah. it, it, There's a feeling and I, if you don't, I don't know how to put it into words. Because really. I can promise you, Bill Belichick and that Patriot staff, while everybody felt a lot of compassion, it was time to to play for a playoff berth. They did not go out there and, and say, potentially Let's let your run job. Back. Yeah, if you're Bill Belichick, now does he still want to coach? I, I would think so, but there's been rumblings that Robert Robert Kraft might not trust the future of of one Bill Belichick and maybe be set to move on. But no, I. I know it crossed probably a lot of people's minds, but no, I can't see it happening there. No, that's just that's just a special moment. Bruce says, my prediction is if Bama doesn't give Nate an arena soon, he may be gone. They're working on one. Hmm. Uh, Tawana, our friend Tawana says, good morning, fellas. TCU is sneaky and will cover the spread if not win. RTR, they're sneaky good is what she says. I, and I think that's, they are sneaky good. They are sneaky good, and I think at this point we were kind of overlooking the fact that in order to get this far, I mean, you could say what you want about making the playoff or like a Cincinnati team last year, but to get to the national championship game, you got to be pretty damn good at football. So I wouldn't expect them to just roll over and wave the white flag tonight. They're, they're pretty good. 
Anthony says, if the Lions can beat the Packers in Green Bay, then TCU can beat Georgia. TCU 37, Georgia 34. Great point. Things we never thought we would see. I just still can't get over the Bryce Young is like Aaron Rodgers if you left him in the dryer for a little too long. That's great. <laughs> that is wonderful. Ron is in Huntsville. Ron, welcome in. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing this morning? Doing all right. Doing Hope good. you are. I don't want to send my prayers out to Eli Go. Hope he gets speedy recovery and gets back on uh, Alabama Network for 2023. Have a good day. Yes, sir. You as well. Yeah, Eli Gold, if you missed that story, uh, saying that he has been diagnosed with a form of cancer but hopes to be back behind the microphone soon. And, yes, we will echo those sentiments uh, from Ron there in Huntsville. Uh, get well, Eli. Thoughts and prayers up with Eli and his family. 800-239-WJOX and 205-834-9450. Mark says, DAs, dumb arses hired Cal at Kentucky, and DAs have ruined the program. Thank you for the text. Good stuff. Jay says, TCU for the upset, RTR. Brandon says, Bruce just built his dream home on Lake Martin. I see him. Rather being there in the city than in Austin at this point in life. Yeah, we just went over there. Bruce Pearl, he's not leaving Auburn. Just go ahead and tell you, he's not. Uh, unless something changed over the weekend. Uh, Georgia, blowout. That's coming from Ricky G. Ooh, good stuff. Uh, Chancellor DeBose out of Montevallo texting in. Georgia by 14. Go SEC. Okay. Get your phone calls. Larry. On a sale, wants to weigh in on tonight's championship game, and we're your home for it right here on Jocks 94.5. Larry, happy Monday. Hey. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, guys. And always enjoy your show. Say, Damien's out today trying to recoup, huh? Uh, we think so, yes. Probably <laughs> receiving IVs. I don't know that. Hey, uh, one uh, first question simple. What times does the game actually kick off tonight? Do you know the actual time, guys? Oh. Conrad, what is actual kick? Not telecast. Yeah, so it says 6.30, so I'm going to guess 7.05. Okay. All right. No earlier than 6.45. I mean, there's no way it's before that. But, guys, just from the standpoint of Alabama or even Georgia, what is their Achilles heel or what is the one thing that bothers Georgia's, as well as Alabama, a, a great throwing quarterback, and speedy receivers, and I think TCU has both of those. I mean, I, there's no doubt they're very effective. But uh, I mean, I, I'm of course an SEC Bama fan, Bama fan, or whatever they want to call them. But I want to see the SEC win. But these guys are good, and this this quarterback at TCU, he is a, beyond a gunslinger, and he's very, very effective and athletic out of the pocket. But it's, it's going to be a good game, guys. But I, I hope the Bulldogs win. But you just never know. You never know. No, you can't count them out. You're right. Thank you, Larry. We appreciate the phone call. There, there's, there's some things that don't show up on the stat sheet, and I'm going to get to that as far as what I see in this TCU team, and we'll give our predictions for the game and coming up in the next segment. But here's Kirby Smart speaking with the media and his thoughts on the matchup, what we're going to see tonight, and what he hopes to see. Tremendous honor to be here. You know, 130-something teams start out trying to achieve this, and there's two left. And uh, I, I think it speaks volumes to the character of both teams, um, the way each team has been able to win football games. Um, I, I think so much is overrated about 
talent and what so many people put into uh, the game of football when, when a team cares about each other and they have uh, a lot of intangibles and, and really good players at the right positions, it, it makes for a special group. And um, hearing the story of TCU season, getting to Seacoast Dykes at the Heisman, um, Max, I mean, when you start looking across the board, it's a, it's, it's a hell of a, a story for these two teams um, to be playing each other. And um, it's an honor for us to be here. I'd like to say thanks to the CFP committee and the CFP group that's hosted us. What a tremendous job they've done um, in L.A. to host our players. Um, I know over at our hotel, our players have enjoyed the hospitality room. They've had an opportunity to, to be together. And, um, you know, we, we have the fortune of having a lot of guys last year that left for the NFL. But every one of those guys that left for the NFL tell our players, you better enjoy this moment because it's different at the next level. And uh, these guys have a special bond that they get to spend together. All right, there's Kirby Smart. How about the Horn Frogs head coach? And what a heck of a year they have had. Coach Sonny Dykes, his thoughts on tonight's matchup. It's been a heck of a journey for these players. I've been really proud of the way they've handled everything. It's a humble group. Uh, they know how blessed they are to, to get a chance to, to go to TCU and to play football at TCU and represent uh, the Big 12 uh, here in the national championship game. So it'll be a big challenge for us. We know that. Um, obviously, Georgia's a, a team that's very, very talented. Um, the thing that I've found most impressive about them, however, is how well coached they are. Kirby and his staff do an excellent job, really, in all three phases of the game. Uh, they are they play hard regardless of the score. And again, I think that's a big credit to their culture they have in their program and uh, Coach Smart and his staff. Um, you know, I just have a ton of respect for their their football program and the way they do things. So. There you go. Georgia, once again, a 13-point favorite. We'll hear more from the coaches, get big-time updates as far as injuries on the offensive side of the ball for both Georgia and for TCU. We'll continue with your predictions on the game tonight, 205-834-9450, or do like Larry and Ron did. Give us a call, 800-239-WJOX. 648, it is college football playoff national championship Monday. Unfortunately, we're not previewing a game involving Alabama. Or Auburn. Or Auburn. Right? Yes. That is, that is correct. They were close to. Well, we got one in the BCS. That was 2013. You were saying they were close, like close. 2017, if they beat Georgia in that rematch, we could have seen potentially the Tigers in the college football playoff. Interesting of, to note, though, since 2014, Georgia a 13-point favorite. But you look at the average margin of victory over the past eight matchups, comes out to 15.25. The line 13 tonight. Now, some of those are figured in go. with Alabama and Clemson. Some of those games that we had, uh, also Alabama and Georgia, you had a five-point, a four-point, a three-point. Then you had, you know, some ugly games like Ohio State and Oregon in 2014, the inaugural. That was ugly. Alabama and Ohio State a couple years ago. 52-24, not a super pretty game. It was, you know, LSU-Clemson, that was a 17-point win. 
What did didn't Clemson beat Alabama like forty eight to sixteen? Uh yes, that was that Wasn't was correct. That the score that year, yeah. yeah, that was a twenty eight point win factored in, and then of course last year we got the fifteen point margin of victory, a late pick six, seventy nine yeah. yards. Yeah, uh, but <clears throat> you look at this matchup. Some of the predictions coming in. Bert on the Jocks text line says, going to pull for TCU to make that game-winning field goal unlike Ohio State. Thank you, Bert. Mike from Hayden says, Georgia 45, TCU 34. That would be a TCU cover. Clamp says, if you finish fourth in your conference, you will not be in the playoffs. Okay. That's, that's fair. And Mike from Birmingham says, take... Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. TCU straight up against Georgia. TCU has a 1,400-yard rusher. and a 1,000-yard wide receiver. Yes, they do, but let's get to the 1,400-yard rusher. Andre Scott, what is is his status? Or Kendra Miller, excuse me. What is his status? Here is TCU coach Sonny Dykes talking about his running back and the injury update. Yeah, Kendra, um, you know, we'll have a run-through today that's that's our – Typical Friday run through day before the game, um, full speed run through. So we'll get a really good sense of, of what he can and can't do today, and you know they make a decision, uh, you know, going into tomorrow. So running backs are different. Um, when you talk about a running back and you're talking about a thigh bruise or a sprained shoulder or a, a contusion someplace. Um, you know, those are things that running backs can typically play through. When you start talking about, you know, a knee and and uh, a sprained knee and, and the things that go along with that potentially, then you've got to be very, very careful. And obviously, Kendra is going to want to play. Um, it's a big stage. He's a tough kid. Um, but he's a young man, you know, and, and our job is to take care of him and make sure that we don't just see Monday night, that we see – you know, the big picture uh, as far as taking care of Kendra's health and, and uh, you know, and doing the right thing for him. Again, not just for Monday, but for, you know, his immediate future. Um, so we'll, we'll take it all in today, see where he's at, and then make a decision. Now you've got other guys that can go, uh, but we know he's not going to be 100%. 1,399 yards on the season for Kendra Miller. Also, what about Nornell Washington? What What is his status? The tight end, 6'7", 270 pounds of him, who is athletic, who is agile like a white-tailed buck. But how that Georgia offense runs through him, here is Kirby Smart. Yeah, we're hopeful we can get Darnell ready to play. I mean, he's continued to work really hard, done a lot of rehab, and uh, I know he really wants to. This is his first chance to play on the West Coast, and uh, he's from, you know, Vegas, and uh, this game means a lot to him, and uh, I know it's a, it's an important one to him. All right, there you go. T.W. from Clanton says UGA 45, TCU 31. I, I was thinking Georgia when this line came out after the college football playoff semifinal that following Monday. And I was thinking, okay, I like Georgia minus the 13. 
or 13 and a half, whatever it opened at. The more I think about it, though, there's one intangible, and I, and I said I would mention this, that I think that a lot of people are thinking about. You think of this TCU team and how they were picked to finish last. You think of this TCU team and how many deficits that they faced during the season, close wins. Yeah, they had some blowout wins, but they had close wins. They had the one close loss in overtime in the Big 12 championship game to Kansas State. But this is a resilient team. This is a team, if if Georgia jumps up by a couple of scores, even I think if Georgia were to jump up 17-0, it's a TCU team that they they literally take it one play at a time. You keep playing until the clock strikes zero. I think they're going to have enough. There's no quit. TCU is going to stay within the number, in my opinion, some way, somehow. Whether it takes special teams, whether it takes a, you know, Stetson Bennett doing something boneheaded, um, I, I think that they find a way to muster it. Do I think that TCU wins? No. I think Georgia gets their second national championship in as many years. But I like TCU plus the number. Yeah, I'm I'm in that same boat as you. I think that when the line first opened up, we all thought, oh man, Georgia's going to wax TCU. And I mean, it kind of was coming over from the semifinal games and thinking, oh, well, whoever comes through, whether it's Michigan or TCU, you know, Georgia's just going to kind of have their way with them. But I don't know, man. What I saw out of TCU against Michigan, it was not what I expected, and I think that they have nothing to lose, and that's when you're at your most dangerous. So I think Georgia's going to win, but I like you know TCU to keep it competitive, maybe 45-38. I do think like Brock Bowers has stupid numbers in this game. Yeah, I think they're going to lean on him a little heavier uh, than they did against Ohio State. It's a bad matchup for anybody, but even when you know it's coming. Yep. C. Clamp says Georgia 51, TCU 28. Wouldn't absolutely floor me to see that as well. No, I could see Georgia running away with it much more than TCU, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Well, one hour down, but we're going to preview this game up until 6 p.m. It all continues. We'll have plenty of breakdowns from Cole, from GMAC. Mac and Cuber next here on this College Football Playoff Championship Monday. You're home for it right here on Jocks 94.5. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.